Guys, woodchucks are not real. I beg to agree. Carter comes up shooting. Welcome to Toronto Sport Matters, podcast number 58, where we have a full house. Finally, joined is Gregory Eroshadis. What's up, T-Dot? We got Javon Bigard, fresh off a sabbatical from selling um, burnt DVDs of uh, uh, Gran Turismo. or Gran, What's that movie called? Grand Theft Auto? Grand the Theft Auto, the video game. No, what's that shit with Vin Diesel? Oh, Gran Torino? Gra- no, no. Oh, no, no. Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but I'll take it. I'm back and I'm happy to be back. So thanks for having me, fellas. There we go. And uh, obviously Christian Graffin. Boys, how you doing? How's your Christmas? How are your New Year's? How was uh, Greek Orthodox uh, Christmas, Greg? Did you, uh, did you sacrifice a goat on your front yard? Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. Uh, we, I'm half Japanese and we had our, our, our ritualistic uh, kamikaze uh, suicide on Christmas as well. So. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Getting real dark to start this podcast, guys. Uh, we haven't been back in a while. Graft and I did a podcast roughly two weeks ago. Within that two-week stretch, Toronto Raptors are 7-3 and three in our last 10. Still looking pretty good. Top of the Eastern Conference. I guess the biggest discussion point we'll get to right off the bat. Guys, we barely beat the Atlanta Hawks. Barely got through them. We beat Indy in the box as well. But how do you feel about this team moving forward, especially coming in the new year? Absolutely fine. Just beat the Bucks, which is really the big game. The Spurs, they were always going to lose that game. Mm-hmm. The energy in that building is too much. Like all the other all the other Raptors besides Kawhi got shook. Uh, we beat Indiana. Lost of the Magic. Lost. This was, but this was just a game where like <laughs> they came off some big wins, and they kind of just started really sluggish and never really picked it up. Right? It's hard to get up for games like that when you've just come off such emotional games, I think. And to be honest, like it showed once again why we got Kawhi Leonard, because he just won the game for us. The yeah, claw, I baby. No. No, I, I feel fine about it. I think we're still top three team in the NBA, no doubt. Yeah, I kind of like how we're all here for the first time in the new year. It's the first time we saw Lowry and, uh, and Kawhi play. Lowry looked great. On the wow. court for a long, long time. Yeah, so it's true. good, honestly, like... For me, the the biggest thing about the Atlanta game was it's the least of their worries from the, from those last three, at least. Obviously, like you said, the Bucks game was the biggest yeah, worry. Yeah, that was big. It, the the first quarter was bad though. Lots of turnovers. It was sloppy. Because they were fucking um, around. I agree, but uh, okay. Some some other observations I noticed. John Collins, I think, is like the Yo. if not better version of Siakam. He's like the, at least as good as he's Siakam. Sick. He's very very good, and he's twenty one, I believe. Chris well. Bosh, two point He's a young guy. A higher ceiling, right? yeah. No, I'd say Very Chris Bosh two point Yeah, the way he finishes the alley oops, he can. He went three for three from three last night. Like he was doing really well, but yeah, the zone defense in the third quarter as well. How Nick Nurse sort of just switches it up to his own defense, which, yeah, if anything, like he does it like in the middle of a the middle of the quarter when they're not expecting it, and it just kind of ruins the flow of another team's offense. It's almost like taking a timeout. It's just like you see him put his arms up and he goes like this or something, yeah, makes yeah, some yeah. signal, I and then they all switch to it. I love it. It's crazy how the NBA like banned zone for like the past dec- few decades, yeah. and yeah. now they, they unbanned it, and now the teams are doing. It. I think it's crazy. I don't even know why they banned it to begin with, but it's crazy how you know an NBA team can go from playing man and then switch to zone and just destroy the chemistry of the team that they're playing against, which is crazy. Yeah, and and on that point, like Jack made an interesting point on the broadcast about how a lot of uh, NBA pros don't 
want like they feel almost insulted to play zone like oh i can handle my matchup one-on-one why do we need to play zone that's what like college teams do but and it shows that that nurse has buy-in right because uh which other course uh brad, brad stevens does this as well and it shows his buy-in that these guys are willing to be self to play selfless team defense because yeah. the raptors when they're so long and athletic that the zone could be extremely disruptive and you're always looking for an advantage right and in a basketball game for the coaches it's a chess match Right, you're always trying to find advantages here, advantages there, and if the yeah. team is hot, you got to switch it up. And 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 I think, um, Mr. Nurse, who wears the most beautiful purple suits, he's always <laughs> wearing something with purple or plum. You know, there is a lot of pressure on him, and I think he's handled it pretty well. The guy's been in and out of the lineup, yep. uh, and he's shown a lot of different looks. I think that's one thing that he even auditioned on as a coach. He said, "Look, Dwayne Casey was too predictable, man. We need to be a little more uh, uh, strategic, a little more." Uh, dis- uh, deceitful with our schemes, right? Yeah, Not yeah. show them. You know, we we use the same starting lineup every year, so we were predictable by the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Nick Nurse's Raptors are as predictable. And one of the knocks that they had on this year's version of the Raptors is the bench isn't as good as last year. But why isn't the bench as good? You know, you ask that question, and it's just like they've had so many different starting lineups. And Siakam. Right? Siakam hey, yeah. you were on Pascal Siakam fucking two years ago, brother. I said, watch you, out for him, you right? You said, and I was like, yeah, you know. And, no, and I was okay, like, this guy's the future. He's a little bit too, I thought he was too old to develop mm-hmm, with the, because mm-hmm. you know, as you get older, like the, the rate of development is less pronounced. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But because he started playing basketball so late and the kid's just, the guy's just an elite athlete. So with that, you know, a lot of players who've been playing for their whole lives, they develop really bad habits. Right, and That's so a lot of a lot of the time going forward, you gotta unteach the bad habits and then reteach the new habits. With Siakam, he started playing late, so he was pretty much a blank slate. Mm. So, he, so he was trained in in what to do as an NBA player. So it's almost like Giannis in a way. Exactly, exactly, mm. and he was trained the way the game is evolving right now. Alrighty, another um, massive, massive signing this week. Guys, guys, grab the tables. I don't want to freak you out right now, but the Toronto Raptors have signed Patrick McCaw, formerly of the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers. I like it. Uh, I think Patrick was in the news earlier this week because uh, I think he was you know, looking for, for a new contract this season. Cleveland gave him a two-year six, three games in. Uh, they released him. So obviously there's something going on in that situation. Golden State asked to look into. Yeah, exactly. But now uh, he's the newest member of the Toronto Raptors. Uh, what need you, that what, depth. What are, your, Graf, what are your thoughts on Patrick McCaw, uh, especially with the return of Norman Powell? You know, what's going to happen to CJ Miles when it comes to rotation and sort of staggering minutes for uh, Mr. Nurse? Yeah, and like the one thing I was going to mention as well, I, for me, just to say it off the bat, I don't really see the fit for someone like McCaw. Um, I like him as a player. I mean, he ended up finding minutes in Golden State, but then they were just really injured at the time, so then they kind of had to move on from him. Um, for me, I find it hard, because OG and Powell, in my opinion, have been playing very well as of late, especially Powell. Like, OG last oh, game yeah. specifically, um, Powell, starting to hit his threes. He's just, you know, he's actually looking... Like, they had him in the in the last three minutes of the game last night, OG. Mm-hmm. Powell has been obviously better than he has been mm-hmm. in the past. Mm-hmm. So. Again, with those two emerging, yes, CJ is the one person who's kind of been left out. So, if anything, I can see Patrick McCall taking some of CJ's minutes, which yeah. right now is really nothing, even when someone like Danny Green doesn't play. But so, I, it's it's hard to see where he... F- yeah, what's the point? Okay, that, can I, but can I say, yes, it's, I it's, think this this foreshadows a trade. I think mm, this foreshadows a trade. Yeah. Between DeLon or, or Van Vliet, then? Yeah, I think so. I think, for, or, or, or Powell, or CJ, basically anybody but... but, but 
the core guys, kind of maybe even a center. Like you throw one of our centers in one of those deals. Mm-hmm. Depends. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Delong coming coming up his contract in the year. You know, yeah. getting another guy like Patrick McCaw to be a backcourt mate with Fred VanVleet coming off the bench. Maybe that's what they're thinking. Maybe grooming guy next year in the instance that you know Delon does not come back to the Raptors. All of the above, fellas. All of the above. I think more than anything, it's just depth, and it gives the Raptors more options and more versatility when it comes to. Can we move this guy? Should we keep this guy? Is this guy going to leave? And it just gives them uh, uh, some cushion going forward. All right, moving down the list. Uh, looking at our success last season, we lived and died by the three-point shot. We finished fourth in three-point percentage last year at 36.1%. Moving into the season, obviously, we're not hitting those numbers. We're about middle of the pack when it comes to NBA three-point percentage, sitting at 344 uh, as of today, January the 9th. Uh, what, what, what's happening with three-point shooting? Are, are we just jacking up too many shots? We're we not look, looking for open threes. Uh, is it maybe you know not having certain guys healthy? What is the biggest issue from our lack of consistency from the three-point line? Our, our percentage is down because we're definitely we've uh, we featured the three-point shot more in our offense. Yeah, Nick Nurse likes it. Like he doesn't yeah. mind a, a missed three as long as it's an open three. I guess my biggest issue with it is that we're missing open threes. Do and <laughs> some of them aren't open. Who's the main culprit though? Right, C.J. Miles. Well, he's the force. He's the one who's forcing it. No, some of o- OG misses open threes too. But like, you're going to use OG in that way. Like, I, I'd rather him. No, no, no. OG with an open three is fine. It's more like CJ with a contested one. I don't like. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's kind of like in the past when Obaka kept taking those oh. contested threes. And you're yeah. Like, what oh, are you man. in the playoffs? You're like, what are you doing? Yeah. And and again, they run CJ Miles. They run him like like a pure shooter. His three point percentage was high because he just chilled in the corner and got open shots from Paul George. Right, like he's not a dead eye. Like, I, I never thought that was fair to him to put him in that role. Right, he's a more complete offensive player than that. Um, Unfortunately, Danny Green is but, better. Yeah, in no, almost uh, every facet. Uh, so that just kind of makes his role redundant. One hundred percent. But especially but if he's not hitting. Some of the Sorry, threes like, do bother me. Just want to go back to really quickly. Me. Like think about the De- it's very big sidetrack. But think about the Demar Derozan trade, the inclusion of Jakob Pertl. Do you think San Antonio, like if San Antonio asked for Pascal Siakam in that instance at that time last season, do we realistically say no to that? And how much would that impact our season? No I think we said no to that. Did we yeah. say no to I that? I think we, we said, said no we'll, to him we'll and OG. You, we'll give you Jakob Pertl. Jakob Pertl. I think OG. I think, oh, yeah, they were like non-negotiables. Like you can't have these two. Yeah. Pick anybody else. Yeah. And now imagine how untouchable Pascal yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but hey, Brandon, if I can just go back to your point about the threes, some of these threes I feel are just to get our quota up and they're contested. I don't care about what analytics say. That's not a high percentage shot. Like, you know what I mean? There's a difference between like a, a three that comes in the flow of an offense and you're not obstructed by a defender, and a three where you're where, where you're being closed down on. Like, well, what are your chances? Well, of that's like that the, shot? that's like looking at like Kyle Korver's three point percentage compared to a guy like Kemba Walker. You know what I mean? Kyle Korver's obviously gonna be forty percent because he's a three point specialist. Kemba Walker is gonna be jacking up three points with two seconds left in the shot clock. But I have Kemba, I wouldn't mind doing that. No, that that's, it's what I'm saying exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's that some some of the Raptors, though, I, I feel like they're being forced. It's like when last year with Casey having a Baca shoot all these volume threes from from the perimeter, almost forced, right? Um, yeah, those so weren't That, that does shots. concern me. But look, the three is in the new NBA, and it's we use it effectively. But I, I feel like it, it, we, it's a little too loosey-goosey sometimes. Well, we're really good, like, especially last night. We were really good at like swinging the ball around the perimeter. It's yeah. something the Raptors I've noticed with Nick Nurse specifically this year is mm-hmm. on the offense has been like a full point and it does create that sort of chase down three where someone yeah. it's technically an open look yeah. but there's a guy that comes and kind of like puts his hand in after you almost shoot it so mm-hmm. it's a little a little lightly contested as NBA would, you, 2k yeah. would say yeah um, those are the ones that we seem to be missing for some reason though in my opinion it's do we have a team of shooters 
That's Do like a, that. Well, that goes to my next point: is if can we really go through this system of Nick Nurse jacking up threes when we're only shooting thirty under thirty five percent? I think part of the reason for that too is just we've had so many guys missing. Like Kyle Lowry missed a chunk of games. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kawhi Leonard yeah. plays like every yeah, now and yeah, then. Yeah. And so it disrupts the flow, right? Yeah, and I think I think Fred Van Fleet is a, a streaky shooter more than a consistent shooter. Like he'll miss like five in a row and then hit five in a row and mm-hmm. then hit a game winner every now and then. Mm-hmm. And I think with Kyle Lowry coming back and it seems that you know he's here to stay now. Uh, he gets guys in, in, in better positions to make threes. I feel like sometimes he'll get the ball and then he'll swing it around the perimeter and yeah. guys will hit those shots. So, All right, going to the last topic for Raptors talk. Um, obviously, we played the Atlanta Hawks the other night. Should we bring back Vince? Yeah. yeah. No. Without a doubt. Well, Patrick McCaw just took a spot, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny? I thought that they actually cut Lorenzo Brown to make an eventual thing at either for uh, the, that game. Yeah, Vince. I, I. It would be smart, like show Kawhi that we do value our uh, our legends. We don't all treat them like we treated them. Even like even if they just you know you know give up on us and completely sacrifice yeah, and the season and send us back yeah. you know, half a decade. And Jack was saying this on the full broadcast. Yo, he hits. He hits his shot still. Yeah, like, yeah. Been that's why he's still in the league. Yo, he, his percentage is good. He, he dropped three threes on us. Forty-seven years old. I know. And, and and he takes those threes with so much confidence. Yeah, it seems like the the perfect shot. Like Vince Carter is like the complete basketball player when it comes to IQ. Like he knows where he has to be. He knows yeah. his defensive assignments. He knows what he has to do. Like he never has a mental hiccup. And even in the end of the game, he almost made that 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 yeah. hail to tie the game. <laughs> Joe, I want to ask you, like from a coaching perspective, would someone like Vince, like a sort of like a bench grandfather, kind of yeah, like that yeah. role, does that help someone like Nick Nurse as a first year coach, or does that kind of like we step already over have him? a bench grandfather. I don't think it's a step over. I think I think it bridges the gap. <laughs> I think it bridges the gap because I, I look at Vince Carter as somebody who's Great probably eventually going to get into coaching, right? Yeah. So he's able to bridge that that gap between player and coach and he and maybe he could show Nick Nurse uh, a few things about what the players are going through and vice versa so I, I think it's good to have a player like Vince Carter especially for a younger team like Atlanta and sorry to cut you off uh, if Kawhi Leonard doesn't sign I think it would be good to have that veteran presence. ah you're stealing my thunder so that's my only point I would say I don't think it's worth doing it at the trade deadline this year I think it's worth to see what happens in the summer and the offseason he's playing again next year he's man. playing another decade I don't think so <laughs> Vince no, he playing until he's uh, 50 he, but he's well, he did. you just said yourself he's, 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 he did, he's you know, it's easy to play in your 40s when you punt you know the majority of your 20s and you don't really give a fuck about you know, trying at all so <laughs> it's, it's easy to play in your mid 40s when you kind of Ooh. just gave up play mass ball Brandon's still upset there we go. <laughs> a little better a little yeah, better. If Carter signs with the Raptors, I'm gonna stop watching basketball. His, his effing shoes because I want every single one of them. <laughs> I want the VC ones, twos, and threes. Dude, just bring back Popeye Jones, get Alvin and Williams hey, back out there. Brandon, just bring back I, our Brandon, geriatric fucks back on the Brandon, court. Let's I was go at man. Vince Carter's return game. Oh, that's unfortunate. Okay? And I booed like a lot of. Uh, I was young and I booed. Okay? I'm very proud and of you. My heart. That's uh, why we do this podcast but, together, and Greg. I'm. I've gotten to the point finally, and maybe it's because we have the best players since we had him. The only player to be better than him now that I can finally f- forgive. Because part of the problem was the Raptors were shit for so long, partly because of, of the package. We he, got. Left oh on, my he, God. he left us. He exactly. left us. Exactly. Alvin, Rubble. sorry, Eric and Aaron Williams, Whoa, the, like, the corpse like, of a fucking Alonzo Mourning and like a heavily protected. And then first. Alonzo Mourning's like, I'm going to retire. He's the yeah. reason why we had <laughs> Andrea Bargnani. <laughs> we bought him down. <laughs> we bought him out, and we ended up with Andrea Bargnani, and then we we're pushed back another five years. Sorry, Vince. Stay in Atlanta. Fuck off. All right, moving. Kawhi, is it worth it? If it helps us keep Kawhi, it's all about. I don't see how Kawhi. that 
that would I don't know how that's connected. I should have stayed. Listen, I was going to resign, but then they brought back the 45 year olds. So you know what? Immediate championship contention. I, because I of that. think NBA players listen to old timers like that. You know, because his whole thing is going to be, I made a mistake. By oh, because Charles Barkley is making a ton of sense on TV. And we have to sign Vince for him to say that. He could have said that last night to Kawhi. I think it adds some incentive. Yeah, and it, it also makes it look like the organization takes care of its players because I think we got a bad rap. After the DeRozan thing, why don't we just wait till the off season? If he's going to retire, no, we sign him day, as an assistant business, coach. Like, if he doesn't retire, we sign though. him as a bench mob. If we don't sign Kawhi, it's Vince Vince Carter's the kind of guy that would Vince Carter's the kind of guy that would sleep with his best friend's girlfriend, and then like his friend would confront him about it, and Vince would be like, "Well, I don't know what I did wrong." That is Vince Carter in a fucking <laughs> nutshell, right there. All right, moving into the second quarter, we're gonna have a little brief discussion about general NBA news. The number one thing we want to discuss, I guess, is the dismissal of Tom Thibodeau as the head coach and the president. The basketball operations for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Shocking. Um, Flip Saunders' son is currently Shocking. running the organization as a replacement, short-term replacement. Um, what are your thoughts of his dismissal? How does this impact the current structure of the roster, specifically development of Cat and Andrew Wiggins? And is this the end of the sort of dual role GM, president of basketball operations? Or do you think someone's going to retain that role again down the road? I well, think it is the end of the role, just quickly, and I think Andrew Wiggins is super happy. He scored 40 points last night and had the best game of his life. I know, and I know. Sent a man to the hospital. Well, yes. And, and the question is, yeah, um, was that was that just, because uh, sometimes when you get coaching turnover, like, uh, you know, I've taken over teams before, and you could tell, like, the players are trying really hard to impress you as a new coach. So you have this, like, slight effect where uh, during the takeover where a team will do well. The question is now, does this sustain itself? Because what this could be uh, evidence of is that really Thibodeau was just too negative, and now you've brought this young guy in who's got these, like, you know, it's a typical thing, right? These, like, progressive new ideas, right? And he's more of, like, a... Uh, like there's less of a hierarchy, and the players can play more loose and more mm-hmm. modern. So the question is, will could that catch on? And it is a player's game and a player's league, and 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 if he can somehow lift the spirits of those two young superstars, who knows? Well, man. the bottom line right now is the development of those two guys, those two that, former yeah. first overall picks. I don't think it's a, about immediate success. I think it's making you know. Uh, a healthy environment for those guys to want to play in and also play long term. And as well, um, my bigger big concern about uh, Tom losing his job is uh, Derrick Rose's season. It's, it's probably one of the funnest stories coming in to mm. today was yeah. you know the reemergence of Derrick Rose. You're obviously What's in changed? favor of Tom Thibodeau from the Bulls. My question is, you know, a new coach, new administration coming in. Are they going to give playing time to Derrick Rose? Are they going to look at the season of the lost cause and emphasize sort of developing the younger guys on this if roster? If they're smart, they'll give him playing time. He's been playing good. Right, right. right. I don't think they have a choice really at this yeah. point in the season. Like they're they are what they are at this point. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I agree. Like you can still have Derrick Rose featured playing thirty five plus minutes. You know, you know what I mean Kat though, right? And Wiggins as your focal offensive people, right? I, I agree with you. Like his, he got the opportunity initially because of Tom Thibodeau. He had he kind of developed a comfort that team and just you know new coach. I think um, he's gonna be fine though, yeah. man. I think he's gonna play well. Yeah, hey. this is not the season to tank. Like but, it is what it is. Like they're a mediocre team. Maybe the new coach can come in and, and, and do some tinkering and then they'll be able to make a leap. But I don't think this is the season to tank and I think you, you go it's your It's a guns. strange move, right? Yeah. Like, like you know, you do it before you play OKC. Like, you're going to send this young kid into, like, snarling Russell Westbrook. Throw him in the fire. You know what, yeah, let, right? Throw him uh, in the fire, let him go. But, I mean, how about, how about Wiggins? You come out and you drop 40 on the best defensive backcourt 
in the that, NBA. I'll tell you this about Andrew. The US media shits all over that kid. Yeah, they rightfully so. 100% rightfully so. He deserves yeah. every piece of criticism he received. Just because he puts 40 points in the basket in one night doesn't nullify the fact that he's been an inconsistent player playing, making upwards of $28 million per year over the last couple yeah, seasons. Well, last night shows a, he, why he, he got that money, and, his potential at least. Well, Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons just talking about this, but he's literally walking into a situation where he's going to be our generation's Jeff Green, Rudy Gay. Mr. Inconsistency. I don't know about that, man. The thing with Andrew Wiggins is I feel like he needs motivation to, to play good. Like, if it's just a regular game, he's just, he's just going to walk around, you know, you know, slouch, like not really give like energy the way like a Kyle Lowry or a Kawhi Leonard. Like he needs like extra motivation, so he always plays. You good can be the Cleveland. face. He's of like, oh, you traded me. I'm gonna go to work. You can now. be the face of Canada basketball. What more motivation do you need? Jamal and, Murray and, is the best Canadian basketball in the world, for what I'm concerned right now. And I think Andrew Wiggins should that should motivate him. Let a fighter his ass to be the best Canadian basketball player in the planet. Represent and I'm your country. You, the moment where Leo Routens, or sorry, uh, Jay Triano is not the head coach, Andrew Wiggins will come back, and he's gonna have a chip on his shoulder again because he never liked uh, uh, Jay Triano and he's going to go to work for Team Canada just to say don't yeah. ever put this guy as a head coach and I'm going to come in and I'm going to go to work now. Alright, moving he down the list, the another uh, piece of NBA news. Uh, the recent improved play of the San Antonio Spurs. They have won 13 other last 16. They're currently holding the league's 8th best net rating. Um, I think a lot of the recent success may be largely due to you know Pop's ability to kind of stabilize the rotation. You know, Specifically, the emergence of re-emergence of three-point shooting, which they really didn't have throughout <laughs> the first half of their season. Um, especially off the bench, um, which kind of complements their sort of like slashing mid-range DeMar DeRozan rotation. Hero. Uh, can they sustain this level of performance moving into a lot of... Are they a playoff yeah. team? Are yeah. they a championship I contender? I told you... I Remember, we, we had this conversation about three weeks ago on the pod and I asked you, do you think the Spurs are going to make the playoffs? You said no. And I and, and, and I say, you know, you got to believe... I think as long as Pop has DeRozan and Aldridge, mm-hmm. he'll put out... He put out a competitive team. And now they've got um, White back... Um, and uh, they got the other ba- uh, guy in the backcourt there playing at a higher level. What's his name? Bertrams, Bren Forbes. Bren Forbes, yeah. Right? Um, look, man, I think that they'd be smart to act, maybe even look into making a trade. At, uh, well, they clearly need a point guard. I don't think they need a point guard. They need shooters. They need shooters. They would be the, Wait, like, I don't do know if they... Why do you think they need shooters, though? Because they have so much guys who attack the basket. DeRozan yeah, is a, is a mid-range and, slasher. They have okay, Aldridge. And, just and they looking, just need guys to space the floor on a yeah. more consistent basis. No, they do need high-quality shooting. They've they been successful as of late. And if you look at team stats, there's only three things that they're number one in. One of them is three-point percentage. Percentage, yeah. One of them is three... Po- uh, another one is free-throw percentage. Another one's turnovers. But so if you can do those three, that's very pop. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. to limit turnovers. Make sure you hit your fucking free throws. Yeah. I think if anything, the three point percentage is kind of surprising. Yeah, I'm yeah. surprised they're first in the league. I didn't. I, I wouldn't but think they don't that. Take that many, Look at the right? volume. They just though. take open ones. But that's. I, I guess. Jermon brought up a good point. What's the volume? Yeah. In comparison. Yeah, right? But I don't really. <laughs> I guess that's my issue right now. Is would you rather have a team that's efficient from the three or a team like the Raptors that could chuck them all up? But efficient. You, you're going to have to go through exactly. But does it does it necessarily mean adding a shooter or are they just good as they no, are? No, but they could use like. To, uh, to be more modern, whatever, right? Although Pop is showing you don't need those types of players. That's my that's Pop right? though, right? He's like Belichick. He, but the he thing goes is against the grain. Is is it's like all the stuff that you guys are talking about is re- is more a reflection of the coaching, right? Like he yeah. caters his offense and defensive to strategy team. to the players that he currently has. When DeRozan came in, he said, "Don't worry about shooting the three this year." DeRozan's not shooting threes this year, mm-hmm. but he is playmaking still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. And playing uh, better defense. And playing better defense. So Popovich has a way of. Uh, making his team better than the sum of the pieces mm-hmm. in any given situation. Mm-hmm. Even last year when, when Kawhi Leonard wasn't playing, they still went to the playoffs. That's they that. still did damage, 
right? Yeah. So it's just a matter of, look, look at the, the coaching, right? Look in the pieces and then trying to figure out a way to maximize those things. And yeah. Pop does that. And shout out to, to DeMar though, man, for putting that first ever triple double you know, yeah, yeah. like good for him, right? Like I, I always really felt for him in this scenario mm-hmm. because he gave everything for the for the team. Yeah, and uh, it's good to see him have that moment. I'll still, t- I'll still take Kawhi Leonard to Danny Green any day. All right, guys, any moving day. down the list. Um, we're gonna do like a little New Year's resolution for the Western Conference. We'll do the East next week. Uh, just a little clarification for our uh, handful of listeners here. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be something you resolve to change, but it could be a trend, pattern, etc. Something that's kind of developed within an organization midseason that you would like or would not like to see carried in the new year. So I'm going to send it off to Christian Graf and to start off with the Dallas Mavericks. Well, it's funny because I was going to say like uh, maybe like three days ago when I was trying to think of things like this, um, that letting Luca loose and letting him be the focal point of the offense is really should be their major. It's clear he's number one in the future. So if I have to go with a resolution, it would be to trade Dennis Smith Jr., um, simply wow. for the fact that they can't, and I think they've expressed this more as complimentary shooting well. with Luca as well. Maybe exactly like yeah. he's gonna he's gonna have to again. He's the future. Like it's there's no doubt he was the best player in this draft. Mm-hmm. So he's gonna be the ball ca- carrier for the most part. The role kind of goes redundant with Dennis Smith's you know sort of playmaking style. So you're right. I like a George Hill would be the perfect sort of sidekick for Luca Doncic. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, maybe even like again, I think the value you have with Dennis Smith Jr. though is fairly high. Like you can shoot a little bit higher, especially if you package him um, with some other players, which all of a sudden makes that starting five of the Mavs pretty scary with mm-hmm. DeAndre Jordan and the way that Harrison Barnes has been playing this yeah. year. Power forward Harrison Barnes, Exa- right? <laughs> the shooting right. Harrison Barnes. <laughs> so either way, I mean, honestly, uh, I think for them it's a bold move, but I think they gotta try to trade uh, trade him by the by the trade deadline and and then let Luca loose. Alrighty, moving down the list, Greg, I'm giving you the Denver Nuggets. Um, I think for for the Nuggets, it's just about health. You know, Brandon, like you know, we you've been on about this team for a few years now. They've they've got a special little package together that they're able to offer up there. But again, like Will Barton, uh, there's a few other guys that are out with them. It's just about uh, uh, Harris, right? Harris just came back though, I think. With them, it's just about being healthy. And when they're healthy, uh, you know, you can make the argument that they're the deepest team in the West, mm-hmm. yeah. maybe even the league, right? So. All right, moving down, moving down the list. Javon, you got the Golden State Warriors, the champ champs. Champs. <laughs> um, so, Golden State, I don't see them winning the championship this year. Oh, think, uh, wow. You're going to doubt them. Who's going to knock them off? Especially the boogie coming back. Are they getting out of the West? They're, they're not going to make it out the West, no. Who's going to knock them off? I think Denver is going to knock them off. I think Denver has the highest chance of knocking that is, off. That is the hottest of hot takes. You heard That's it here take. first. Javon Bigard, I'll t- I'll Denver. Much. I don't have confidence in Steph Curry being able to last uh, the playoffs. I don't think he's durable enough. And I don't think Boogie Cousins is going to be able to fit right in and gel in the chemistry that they have. And speaking of chemistry, I don't think they have any chemistry right now. Mm-hmm. I think there is a bunch of solo acts right now. I need to hear a uh, Christian Graf and counterpoint on this. Yeah, I, I, just, I couldn't disagree more. Honestly, like, <laughs> like I think they're easily winning this year. They they're handling like look at their look what they're doing. Like you're right, without they're me. not even playing in sync. They've been playing without with all these injuries. They're not trying. They've been putting like McCaw's been filling the role and all these like ex. Jerebko, Swedish Larry Bird. <laughs> like, hey man, they have no depth. They have a solo Durant. They have. Clay Thompson, who only plays good when he doesn't dribble the ball, and they have Steph Curry, who misses like every other but game. But they also have two of five guys in the NBA that can single-handedly change the momentum of not only a game, but a series. Plus, keep in mind, I think <laughs> the one reason they lost in the past, that, yeah. that one time they lost to Cleveland, because they were chasing that regular season 
record of the yeah. wins. I think Curry not playing in the regular season is, I don't think he's, like, that's the thing is, yes, he's, he's injured, he's not playing every other game, but don't we say the same thing about Kawhi and Toronto and how it's going to help us in the playoffs? No. It's the same thing about with, with someone like Curry for me. Like, I don't think it's not Kawhi's like he's durable. durable. Kawhi's durable. I think he's durable. That's arguable. <laughs> what do you mean? He didn't play all last he year. He doesn't even play back-to-backs this year because of his <laughs> yeah, lack of durability. No, 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 but uh, that's because... There's politics behind his, it. But yeah, exactly. There's a politics behind that. I think Steph Curry is frail. Well, he's, right, he's right in that respect. Put it this way. Yeah. Kawhi and Curry have both gone through a full playoff schedule in the past, and they've both been non-injured in it. And they both won. No, so Curry has history of getting knocked up in his little ankle tweaks and all that stuff. Yeah, but I'm saying in the playoffs, it's not happening. Like the, he's gone through it all usually, and they win. Like the same thing happened with Kawhi. And also, and Steph Curry is. If Steph's out, you're also still talking about the team that features Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Green Kevin Durant, and Boogie Cousins. Okay, in the way you would mention him in previous years. That's yeah, fine. He if, he, no. if he's your fifth best guy exactly. on your starting rotation, exactly. then you're fucking. You're, he's you're, locking you're, you're, down you're, anyone. Exactly. Also, his shooting ah, atrocious. 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 Yeah, it's always been atrocious. No, he's not there to not shoot. Like he had one good season as a shooter, and he's been a non-shooter. One year. One year statistically, he was a decent shooter, and that's because he had all the confidence in the world. It's fallen off a bit. As well, right? Like, it's progressively worse. Sure, but you don't want him shooting anyways. And he's lost a step, too, I think. He's not the defensive player he was. Yeah, but you have, you have too many people on the court. But All I, dynasties come to an end, We'll man. see what happens. I, this isn't a dynasty we'll unless they win hey, three man. in a row. You want to put a bet on this? I'm a betting man. If you, you want to drop some dollars, we do you have a gambling it's, it's problem, Javon? Field, though, that's the bet, really. <laughs> to me, the only, the only bet is Golden State in the field. Mm. The only fair bet. <laughs> you take the field or Golden State? I was going to say, I'll certainly take Golden State over Denver to go farther in the West. Would you take them over the field? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? I would too, of I course. Would. But I mean, like, I'm trying to get good odds here. Relax, yeah. Greg. All right, moving down the list. Speaking, <laughs> Maybe I'm not a betting Speaking man. of the field, potentially Golden State's biggest, uh, I guess, challenge in the Western Conference is the Houston Rockets. Um, I guess their New Year's so? resolution would be to continue the momentum they carried in from December over to January, 8-2 and two in their last 10. Um, I think another resolution would be to try to find secondary scoring beyond James Harden. They live and die by the three-point shot, slashed in the lane. If that doesn't work through James Harden, they don't really have any feasible secondary scoring options unless it's Clint Capella cleaning up the garbage. I think packaging a guy like Aaron Gordon assets plus draft picks for a guy that could, you know, I wouldn't say a Bradley Beal, but someone who can create their own shot. Even getting a guy at the scrap Pete, like they did with Gerald Green a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Just a guy that can efficiently put 10 to 12 points in the basket on any given night is probably something they need, especially at the wing position, the starting rotation. But beyond from that, the team looks great. Um, it's been an obvious rough start to them. They live and die by the three. The ball was not going in the basket for the first half of the season, or first quarter of the season, rather. But you're starting to see uh, the team kind of gel together. And they do look like the second best team, third best team, rather, in the Western Conference. Um, Alrighty, moving down the list. Christian Graffin, talk to me about some LA Clippers basketball. Uh, the the biggest need I'd say for them uh, is finding a center. So, but I wouldn't say that's the resolution. I think the resolution for 2019 in general is just making sure Tobias Harris resigns. In general, every single thing you can the do man. to do that. Because honestly, I don't. This whole offseason is going to be about Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard. And the Clippers are usually linked to both of them right now at this Mm -hmm. point. They have to have a backup plan. They're going to have the money. So Tobias Harris is the backup plan as well as sort of the enticement to come. Because if they don't get those two, what's the likelihood of Tobias Harris signing after that? There's not that much. But if you're Tobias Harris, why would you want to be a backup plan? Are those max contract spots for him? Yeah, L3. They have three max? They have two, right? Yeah, but... Durant and Kawhi. If you're hearing, if you're him, fuck you guys. 
I don't want to. I don't want to resign here. You yeah, guys but don't want I don't, to give the max dollars. I got to take less. Yeah, but these guys, I don't know. So you want to go to the Hawks and make max money and lose again for the next no, six but years? I'm, I'm just saying. I think that that their biggest thing would be uh, signing Kawhi, making sure that Kawhi stays or Durant stays. What's their New Year's resolution? But, no, but there's no. Stay. Tobias Harris is third on their list. They've got about sixty million dollars in cap space next year, and that's the inclusion of the twenty-two that's million two with Daniel Gallinari. Spots, right? Theoretically, if they were to get what they want, Tobias Harris wouldn't even be in the equation. No, but I'm saying you can't. I guess my whole reason why Tobias Harris is there because a he's on your team already. But they also retain his. No, I agree with you. He's good. They, they also retain his bird rights as well. Just throwing it out there. Yes, yes. Okay. And but also the fact that I don't know if look what happened with Paul George last year and this whole L.A. Lakers thing and how he was supposed to go there and in the end he resigned. Like Kawhi could easily resign in Toronto. Uh, oh, yeah. Davis could easily go somewhere else, and the Clippers could be left with with, with not much. If mm. they didn't have Tobias Harris on their team, plus those two not on their team, they're literally nothing at all. Yeah. So I think that yeah, they're they're playoff team right now with Tobias Harris in their current roster. If they added a center in the offseason, they could make that argument to their fans that they're still running for it and still going for it. They got so Boban, I think. Man. I think Tobias. I think they should play him more too. But, <laughs> but Tobias, to me, is still like the guy. He's on the team right now. And they you can get him for cheap to as well. Entice him. It's they, like what we're doing with Kawhi. It's the exact same scenario for me. If you explain to him that you have a legitimate game plan, we're going to go after guys like Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, and he, there's a future and a direction of the organization. You could realistically convince a guy like Tobias Harris to take a discount of twenty-two million dollars this season. There's nothing they can do right now. Isn't to the owner? Kawhi. Isn't the Clippers owner one of the richest owners in the NBA? Bomber, yeah. yeah. And can't he afford to go into the luxury tax because they haven't been there in, in like? Yeah, absolutely. If, if so, and they, that, they can offer him. That's what I mean as well, right? You know, even if they can, but like they can retain their bird rights at twenty-two, drop down to what sixteen. Depending on what the salary caps add, they can afford to sign two guys to the match. It's going to be well. interesting to see what happens in that equation. I'm curious to see what he gets. All right, Greg, can you talk to me about some Memphis Grizzlies and what is oh, their New Year's resolution? An amicable breakup with Chandler Parsons. Well, it's, I think it's it's happening right now. I think they've kind of yeah. come to some sort of tentative agreement yeah. to let him go. Um, kind of sucks, you know. The guy clearly, well, was stating that he's healthy. Obviously, he's not back in playing form. I, I don't know if he's ever going to go back to where he was before, but I could see, uh, I could see him, I could see people wanting to give him a shot uh, as just just because he could shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's obviously going to be a defensive liability. But he he might be able to contribute still to a second a second unit somewhere in the league. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, it's just I don't know. Like he's playing in the. I just uh, he's a spot up shooter right now. A non athletic spot up shooter can only shoot. Injuries can't create offense. Cool, can't play much defense based on the injury. Apparently, Depending on the situation. He up, apparently he was, he's been lighting up those practices. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, moving down the list. Javon, talk to me about the LA Lakers. Uh, is LeBron James still injured? Yeah, for another week. And this is a basketball podcast, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking, I'm joking. And the Lakers aren't on my scouting report. Well, going to Mexico City and selling those used DVDs must take up a lot of your time. Um, (laughs) Fast and Furious won't sell itself, Brandon. You know what? Uh, Got it. It's garbage. The Lakers need to add one more superstar. Uh, I think their their main goal should be trying to sign Anthony Davis. I think he would compliment LeBron James the most, considering he doesn't need to... To sign him. Or it's a trade for him you want, you think? Well, that's what they'd have to do, right? The you Lakers? Think, no, I don't think so. He's not a free agent. He's a free agent this uh, at the end of the season. He, does he have one more year? He's a free he agent this year, right? Year. He's a free agent at the end of this year. I I'm thought pre- he had one more year. I think, here, let me look this up. I'm, he I'm, has one more year, man. I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a free agent at the end of this year, and I think if he is, they should sign him. 
Um, if they had to trade for him, uh, I think you're right. He does have one more year. Oh, does he? So they would have I to trade so. for him. Yeah, man. He has a player option uh, next year for. Uh, oh, he's a player option. Yeah. Interesting. Twenty eight. Twenty eight points. Interesting. Mm. Okay, I didn't know that. Mm. So yeah, no, sorry, Drama. you're right. So he's free, a free agent. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know if I'd want to sign back in New Orleans if I had uh, options to go to LA. Um, but I mean, I think that would be their main goal. Um, I think uh, parting ways with uh, uh, what's his name, the, uh, the the skinny guy who looks like Durant, Ingram, Brandon Ingram, exactly. I think parting ways with him would also be beneficial to them. He just um, doesn't really seem like he kind of could gel with LeBron on the court. He's a, he's a mid-range like shooter, a not player. an efficient three-point guy. Yeah, like it seems like he has too too many knocks on him, too many, uh, I don't know, he just doesn't gel. He doesn't fit the chemistry. Like I feel like Kuzma plays really well off LeBron. I feel like Lonzo Ball is coming, coming along. Um, and I just think that uh, Brandon Ingram is the one piece that they need to part ways with and uh, bring in a guy like uh, Anthony Davis. And I think with that, I think they would have a much better chance of getting deeper in the playoffs. Like, I mean, right now, they'll probably be a first-round exit team. Um, I think with Anthony Davis, they might be able to get to the, the conference finals. Yo, no, they, they get Anthony Davis. They're going to win the fucking championship. Uh, if you put we'll see, we'll see the progression of right their now. young guys. still the best player in the world. Even if he drops... Easily. He's, he's, he's the best player in the world right now, but I think it's a, a the Even decline drops, is going to be monumental going but, forward. But, but Davis is going the other way. No, I'm right? Davis is rising. Mm, mm. So I, don't, I think they'd be mm. absolutely dominant. All right, moving down the list, I got the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, make your record reflect your talent on your team. That would be my New Year's resolution for that organization. They have two former number one overall picks, uh, two borderline transcendent talents, and currently talents and Andrew Wiggins. Uh, I think it's a matter of you know finding the right coach, uh, president to kind of create a, a, a healthy environment. Um, get some consistency. Get a coach in uh, that can really Smiles. help nurture and develop these guys. Um, light a fire under Andrew Wiggins' ass. Yeah, uh, let no, Cat no, continue no, no. momentum fire, carrying fire. into the new season. Um, well, but that'd be it. They did the opposite though, by going with the right. You say no love, fire. Yeah, like fire need, was Thibodeau. Well, no. I mean, they need fire and they also need IQ. I feel like Thibodeau just said, "Okay, go play basketball." He didn't give it. Didn't, he didn't give them any structure. Like I feel like it was just like a lot of iso ball. Um, a you lot mean, of you mean his offensive philosophy. His offensive. I feel philosophy. like his defense would be quite stru- structured. Yeah, exactly. But offensively, I think that's where they struggled. Mm. Like I think Andrew Wiggins' numbers were down. Carl Anthony Towns' numbers were down um, this year, and I just feel like that was a, a product of Thibodeau not really putting guys in the best situation on offense, or not being able to motivate those guys. It's also a, an emotional, a social and emotional thing with the team. Like, you can see how free they played yesterday. Yeah, with yeah, Such yeah. high spirits, mm. right? Well, just like, think of their season. It's like right? a breath like of they fresh went, air. They started it off with the whole Jimmy Butler thing. There's been there's been talks the Tibbs, whole year he long. Runs, Tibbs runs a regime. But like, now Tibbs like is very, finally gone. He's like, a very disagreeable, look, he, a disagreeable looking gentleman, right? But that's like, what I mean. You said they play free. Like, yeah, no shit. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and the shackles are loose. And it just really sucks that they also had Covington injured for the rest of the season, too. Because oh, that's, awesome. that was the main piece. I don't think Sarich is the main piece. I think Covington was the main, peach in the, uh, main piece in that yeah, trade coming back. Yeah, he's played great. And he was really, really good, especially defensively. He's so good. Covington so, is I agree with you. my main peach. And moving down the list, uh, Graffin, you got the New Orleans Pelicans. Pretty obvious with this one, eh? You'd think, but I'm going to go the exact opposite of what everyone's thinking. Ooh. I'm going to... I'm gonna. 
I'm going to say they should trade Anthony Davis to the Boston Celtics specifically oh. and get as many young Terry Rozier, Jason Tatum, or Jalen Brown. Well, I think get as many pieces as possible. You I hate to say it as a as a Raptors fan, but if you're a Pelicans organization right now, I don't think there's a chance well, I think in the, hell he's the, staying. The thing you do before that is you give him an ultimatum and you ask him, are you staying or are you going? Because we're, gonna, we're not going to afraid to trade you. Know. Yeah, that's the thing. With agents these days, yeah, but not, you, that doesn't exist. Yeah, but right. as an organization in a, a small yeah. market like the New Orleans Pelicans, losing a guy like Anthony Davis essentially spells the end of your franchise, and you have to set up sure. yourself up in Maybe a position to, to have a contingency <laughs> backup plan <laughs> in the instance that you lose them. The, 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 the ringer, like Bill Simmons and those guys were talking about a hypothetical trade. What, what would you guys do in the situation of trading Anthony Davis Tatum, to the 76ers for Ben Simmons? What do you think Tice, about that transaction? Graffin. And Horford. No, like I said, I, I don't... I, no, I, w- I don't think Ben Simmons is more of a player who plays really well off of like shooters and Joel Embiid. Right. Like, yeah, he's like an individual player, but he can't shoot. He's yeah. a passer. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's really a great, almost perfect fit on that Philly team, and that's why he does this gets the stats he does. If anything, like I said, like if there's no way Boston would trade both. Brown and you don't think Simmons would do well. You don't think Simmons. You don't think Simmons would do well in the Pelicans. You got Etwan Moore. You got Nikolai Mirotic. You got Drew Holiday. You have a plethora of outside shooters in that situation. He can play inside, outside. He can play multiple multiple positions. He can run the offense. He can play power for it. I think that would make the most sense from uh, New Orleans' perspective because they do get an opportunity to bring back a you know top ten, top fifteen guy. Uh, maybe another draft pick in the trade as well. I'm not quite sure how. In it would my work mind, out. though, I'd rather Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier, and a first rounder. Right. Like that to me, there's nothing beating that in the NBA in terms of like, the Boston right now. Yeah. I, t- I think has the best off, like the best young core to offer people. Well, that's like, interesting. The because, Lakers well, are so jealous. Well, of we can go to this very quickly. You talk about Jalen Brown right now shooting like what 25 percent from the three point line. Terry Rozier th- shooting 37 percent. You know, a couple of guys who were regressing substantially, but also massive trade chips. The time is now to offload these guys because they're just depreciating every single day. Uh, part of the problem is because they're too talented and those guys aren't aren't. Being there's no opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We saw there's the, a lack when, of minutes when there's yeah. an opportunity and also when it's playoff time. And you know, Jalen Brown yeah, can come exactly. out and sort of be that guy in the, in the playoffs you almost want on your team because right. he's really good defensively and can have that. So for me, it's it's the exact opposite, I guess, of what people are thinking. Mm-hmm. Retain Anthony Davis at all costs. I don't want the Chris Bosh scenario in Toronto. I'd want to trade them, get as much as possible, and I'd be dealing directly with Boston, trying to give the best package, and then telling every other team, this is the package. If you can beat it, go for it. If not, I'm just going to Boston. Okay. I'm hoping, though, that that doesn't happen. Of course. Okay. So, uh, let's just knock on some more. Yeah, hopefully they don't listen to the podcast, the GM of the the Pelicans, right? (laughs) All right, moving down the list. Greg, what is the New Year's resolution for the Oklahoma City Thunder? Uh, Russell Westbrook, consistent jump shot. They get that. Or just not shooting a three-pointer at all. No. I, I think he needs to be able to hit open shots. Like when defenders slag off him so much, it's like he he should be able to just pull up right in a mid range shot. He can. He's just in his head too much about it. Yeah. Um, because once you got to step up on him, nobody can stay in front of him, and he is one of the most uh, unstoppable forces in the league. Right. He he's a transcendent uh, uh, athletic talent. Uh, but his he's got to be able to hit that jump shot, I think, for them to have serious success in the playoffs. And I think they can because Paul George, now that they got Melo out of there, man, that two-headed dragon is freaking rolling. Yeah. Like they're both getting theirs and, and it's money. Also, speak of like the emergence of Paul George's season. The guy is playing like phenomenal. In That's my opinion, say, he's yeah. About, yeah, the best forward in the NBA. Um, first team All-NBA, um, obvious All-Star. Just looking at his numbers right now, 27 points per game. 
uh, eight rebounds, four assists, two point two steals, shooting thirty nine percent from three. He's having and, a phenomenal and season. Pl- and that's why Brandon, because teams are going to actually leave him to help with with Paul, mm-hmm. and and he needs to be able to keep the defense honest, right? Yeah. Part of the problem with Golden State is you can't, and this is why I don't rate Durant or Curry as MVP candidates because you can't even fucking double them. You can't double them, no, you can't. right? Because there's another all star there. Right, you can't just leave them open, and so so the, the Thunder have to operate like that. I think that they're a team. To Jovan's point about the Warriors losing, mm-hmm. I said this last year. They have the talent to compete with right. Golden State, and they have the the chip on their shoulder too. Russell mm-hmm. Westbrook has this desire to beat them. You know? All right, Jovan, talk to me about uh, the Phoenix Suns. Unfortunately, oh boy, the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I think for them, they need to get a new coach, uh, hmm. a coach who could. Uh, a new coach. Yeah, they just got one. Another one. They don't <laughs> like they, a Ka- Kaskov or Igor Kaskov. Yeah, what do you got against Igor, man? Where they find this guy? Like, what's their record right now? I don't think it's. A, I don't think it's good. And yeah, but they're, <laughs> they're the shit. worst team. They're, 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 yeah, just to clarify, uh, we're the worst team in the NBA, sitting at our second worst. Sorry, at a ten and thirty-two. Um, I think they need to figure out where they're really going as an organization and if Devin Booker is the guy who's going to uh, carry them forward in the future because I know they gave him a huge contract. He's been injured, man. He's been injured a lot this year. When he plays, he's good. Yeah, but I, I think don't know. if you get a third piece beside Aiton and him, yeah. that's a big 3. Jesus, they need a point guard. They're going to get Zion. Yeah, that Holy would that, crap. that would they're be my Zion. sort of, you know, you, like you think biggest... you're going to get the first overall pick this year? Their record, they have a good chance of it. They do. they, they, they totally do. could. Imagine that? I mean, Zion in the desert, baby. They need it, but they need a point guard. <laughs> yeah, you know what? No, they need a ball. Josh Okogie okay, is, is, is Zion, then. Zion Williamson. Him, they need a new coach, and they need Zion Williamson. <laughs> that's right. That's what they need. Yeah, that's what they need, Brandon. They, I don't they, know. I don't know. They're, they're, they're a lost cause. Ever since Steve Nash left, I don't know what they've been doing. That organization, yeah, it's been really poorly run. They had too many point guards. Now they don't have any point guards. They got too many bigs, too many they bad draft Trevor picks. They get Trevor Ariza, and then they just... You know what? They might also need a new GM. Because that guy's just been drafting terribly over the past five years. I think uh, Mr. J. Morant from Murray State would look really nice in a Phoenix Suns jersey next year. Um, all right, moving down the list, I've got the Portland Trailblazers. And my New Year's resolution for them would be to uh, establish their identity. Are they a contender or are they a pretender? And in my opinion, they're a pretender. They've also... Really? Yeah, you know, realistically, they're not going to beat Golden State. They're not going to beat Houston. They're having a relatively decent season, um, kind of struggling of late, but what they sit currently sixth or seventh in the Western Conference. Just the Thunder have looked fantastic this season. The Warriors and Nuggets are playing some stellar basketball. Uh, we've seen what how far the C.G. McCauley and Damian Lillard backcourt can take you. you can I think it's Lillard. a point where you have to separate that backcourt and trying to find a way to bring in other moving pieces to maximize that roster. Um, I think signing Yosef Nurchik, who is playing some stellar basketball, was a little bit of a bonehead mistake last season, tying more salary toward a guy, you know, who you know is a stopgap for uh, Col- or Zach Collins, right? Yeah. Uh, obviously, when the salary cap inflated, Evan Turner got that seventeen million dollar per year contract. Uh, Miles Leonard got ten and a half. They're sort of stuck in the wall when it comes to salary cap. Not much wiggle room. I think it's time for them to yeah, come the Jesus moment and potentially trade CJ or Damian. Definitely CJ. Dame time, baby. All right, moving down the list. <laughs> Dame time. Uh, G- ooh, Graffin, Sacramento Kings. Marvin Bagley. Uh, yeah, just let him have all the, the ball all the time, and they're good to go. No, I'm sure. Um, the Sacramento Kings, I mean, they've had a 
pretty big, I'd say, turnaround this year. Like Just under 500, the, not bad. Yeah, they're in the middle of the rebuild. I think they're doing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, if Darren any, Fox. Yeah, if anything, they just got to, I think at this point, um, embrace sort of that rebuild. Let go of any veterans. It's funny because I also have the Cavaliers next. That's going to say the same thing. But they have to basically just let their young guys play as much as possible. They have to let them develop, which is the easiest way to let them play. Darren Fox has been fantastic. Uh, if anything, let him like continue to let him run the offense. Buddy Heald and Darren Fox are arguably one of the best backs. Yeah, in the NBA right honestly, now. Incredible. their new resolution for me is it's hard to say one because I feel like they've progressed so much this half NBA season compared to last, what, four years combined. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it, but Vladdy Divac kind of is not looking as terrible of a GM as I That's a good way to terrible. put it because he right? still is terrible. I never thought he was terrible. Oh, he's terrible I for think sure. He's really he's bad. Terrible. He's, so, he's made so I many boneheaded mistakes, especially the salary cap offloading for the first which currently uh, the Boston Celtics own. So Boston has yes. Sacramento their, their first round picks. picks. They've, made, they've made a plethora of terrible mistakes over the last few years, namely drafting Marvin Bagley. But beyond <laughs> from that, though, they they, 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 they they are sort of right in the ship right now. Uh, that sort of core rotation of Buddy Heald, Duran Fox in the front court, Nemanja Balika, Will Cauley-Stein, uh, Jack sort of Shumper, depending on the night, is their best sort of starting five probably in a decade or so. So yeah, a little bit that, of improvement. Like you said, like Bagley, like, like you just mentioned is doing way better than Wendell Carter Jr. who you didn't think so I agree with you Bagley's doing really well this year yeah no it's pretty good pretty good Uh, moving down the list we got the San Antonio Spurs Greg save this one for you Hmm. I think uh, an effective Rudy Gay is going to be what they need to be competitive how do you get an effective Rudy Gay uh well, he he's been doing really good. He's been healthy. He actually's been doing really good. Like this is the be- uh, he's finally accepted his role as a pro, and San Antonio has made him do that. Like yeah. he was in basketball purgatory for so long, and he had an Achilles injury, so I think it's humbled him. So so he plays with a lot more heart and effort and unselfishness now. But um, I think that it's it's unrealistic to think that um, Aldridge and DeRozan can win you a championship without s- support from big shot making um, around them. And they also rely on him to kind of guard, you know, the LeBron Jameses and the Paul Georges, like, right? But I think that they're going to need to make a trade. When they lost DeJounte Murray, if they had DeJounte Murray, who knows how good they could be because they're Mm -hmm. playing so good right now, man. Like, they're demolishing people. For sure. It's uh, those late first gems, you know, those second rounders. Typical San Antonio, right? All right. uh, Last one, I guess Javon and I will go halvesies on this guy. It is the Utah... Jazz, uh, John, I'm going to go first. It's just find the spark from last year. Keep it straight. Keep it simple. Uh, Donovan Mitchell currently shooting 31%. He's just jacking up three-pointers. Definitely regressing this season. Sophomore slump. Uh, you'd like to see him being a little bit more patient on the court. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Jazz? Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Um, you know, the rookie of the year candidate from last year just needs to slow it down a little bit. Uh, he needs to get more of a groove to his game. I feel like he's forcing too much, um, and uh, I think he just needs to figure out a way to be more consistent with his shot. Um, I think if if he could do those things, then I think the Utah Jazz will be right where they were last year. That kid I was th- partying too much in the off season. That's why he was feeling himself right? too much, he was celebrating, traveling right? the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He thought well, he the made, scouting reports out now. He thought he thought he got a chip. That's right. He thought he thought he was a champion already. That's right. What he's, about a trade? Do you think they can do like? Is, is there any trade assets you know, that you can think up, of? Like they already picked up the face of white privilege, man. I know, I know. That's that's their guy. But <laughs> what about like who Dante Exum? No, I mean Kyle Korver. I don't know. Like like it 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 depends. It depends. Like they 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 do have a pretty. Pretty deep roster right now. Um, 
just like there's a lot of depth on it, a lot of potential, a lot of upside. I don't know. Like who who would you trade? Like Ricky Rubio, Jay Crowder. No, like what's well, their league wide value? You know what I mean? You're you're definitely getting eighty cents on the dollar, regardless if you trade, with the exception of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. So yes, they're kind of stuck, yeah. right? Like it's it seems like if anything they they they've they've they're they're almost capped out. They've they're done well as much coached. as they can. They're gonna turn it around. Yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna start to win more. I think they're gonna get in the playoffs. They just gotta really focus in the playoffs. I, I mean, think. they have a really good coach too, right? So I think it's just a matter yeah. of time before you know the chemistry starts clicking and 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 guys start and, executing. Yeah. All right, we're going to our last segment of the show, guys. Uh, we're going to redraft the top uh, 12. Actually, well, you know what? We're going to redraft the top nine. Javon, how do you feel about this? The you want to sit in the sidelines and comment and critique our picks a bit? The top nine of the uh, 2018 draft? The 2018 draft? Yeah, let's go, let's go. Let's you want to do it? Let's do it. Let's do top 12 then. Javon's involved. We'll go number one. We're going to throw it to Greg. Name the obvious. Come on, who the Phoenix Suns taking? Don Luca. Doncic. And why why do you pick him over DeAndre Aiden? Don Luca, he's a he's a he's a transformative talent in the sense that there's no prototype for him. This is what we said from the beginning, right? It's like I've never seen The hype train was real, man. I've never seen like a kid that big that be that skilled and that clutch and that creative, right? Like this is a whole next thing. Uh and yeah, people would like the the Americans are totally downplaying his international success. Clearly. Yeah. Clearly, they do not rate Europe basketball. No, at all. and right, and 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 to their detriment in this case, right, and Mark Cuban's splendor, no. right, like you just see Mark Cuban like, right, like pressing his hands like yeah, rubbing his hands together. Oh yeah, I guess and he Luka. loves the international players too. Oh, right? oh yeah, but but you know, uh, it, clearly to me, I mean, Brandon, let me ask you something. I've been waiting to ask you, you know, where do you rank him as an NBA player? Top like, what? Like league wide? Yeah. He's definitely in the top 25. He's really top 25 player already, man. Luka Doncic? The kid, yeah. Abs- top 25? He's easily. He's, he's easily. He's, I don't think easily. Easily. Well, in my but, opinion. But for having I, I, that conversation, the, the kid is sick. I go top 45. I'm in top 45. Last Javon, is uh, LeBron still injured? Uh, Moving down the list, number two, Sacramento Kings, that is me. Going to throw a little bit of a curveball as usual because I'm the NBA hipster asshole. I'm going Jaron Jackson Jr. over DeAndre Aiden. Just his versatility, uh, what he can hypothetically evolve into. I like Will Cauley-Stein. I think he's the center for the Kings moving forward for the next uh, couple years at least. Um, DeAndre Aiden, Will Cauley-Stein obviously can't exist in the front court. Um, I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is equally, if not better, prospect in DeAndre Aiden. Um, obviously, it's his defense, it's his offense, his ability to shoot the three-point shot, his shot blocking, his ability to guard the perimeter, etc., etc., etc. Christian, can you rip me to pieces right now, please? No, no, no. I would say, like <laughs> again, like based on what we've seen so far this half season, uh, yeah, it's hard to argue with that because, again, it's just so early. Like DeAndre Aiden, such a young, raw talent that he could evolve into something. Again, like, yes, halfway through the season, Luka Doncic easily is number one draft pick, and I would agree with you honestly in this pick because I, the only thing I would disagree with is that Willie Cauley Stein is any semblance of like a future sort of center that I could, <laughs> that I could rely on. No, but but he's smart to think about where like it's not just about you know you get the best available talent. In the case of of Aiton, like if you have a young center and you have like. Uh, a need to get like a like a, a stretchy. You don't need to run the or, offense through Jackson. You have to run the offense through Aiden, and that's what yeah. I like about the pick of Jackson over him because I think Jackson, Fox, and Heald can really gel as a cohesive unit moving forward. A lot of quickness, a lot of court, like a lot of floor spacing, and just I don't know. Just nice keep in mind, if Don, DeAndre Aiden setting the screen for Darren Fox 
and he's running around that screen. There is no one there, in the world. Re- catching there's that. really no bad pick here. You could go either side, and obviously, I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't argue. It's not with Marvin Bagley. All right, Javon, who do you got number three? <laughs> it's not Marvin Bagley. <laughs> well, DeAndre Aiden probably should have been number two, so I'll definitely take him. So you're gonna go three. Aiden? Yeah. yeah. The big man, John Collins, and DeAndre Aiden. How can they coexist in the front court? I think it'd be interesting. Gotta, gotta I think get it'd be great. Just like you said, I think that's a, almost a better combo than Jared Jackson, Willie Cauley Stein. I'll take that yeah. combo or Willie Cauley Stein and Jared Jackson. Anyway. But who would you rather have, Trey Young, Kevin Herter, or Darren Fox or Buddy Heald? Oh, well, I guess <laughs> the complimentary. Yes, yeah, yeah. of course. Of course. Um, all right, moving down the list, that was a pretty obvious one. Uh, we're going back to uh, me and it's Marvin Bagley, the second most. Oh, obvious you're going one. Bagley at four. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. Of course, I'm going Bagley you're at four. Um, He's shown some flashes. Again, like 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 what we said. I also think he does fit. Like if there's two people that you can interchange in this draft, it's the it's Bagley and it's uh, and it's Jared um, Jackson because of they're both power forwards. They both play the same role and they're both fitting well into their system right now. Just like you said, Willie Cauley-Stein and Jared Jackson would be a good combo. I think the the combo of Mark Gasol and someone like um, and someone like uh, Marvin Bagley would be. Well, a we were talking two. about before the draft, and that was like we didn't think the Kings would take him at number two. No, well, we were imagining no. you know the Marcus Saul Bagley sort of front court, which yeah. I still think would be you know a lot more enticing than the Will Cully style Marvin Bagley. The only court. thing is, I would say it would probably—I hate to admit it—it'd probably be least less effective, I should say, than the Marcus Saul Jared Jackson, because right now Memphis is really good defensively. Like mm-hmm. Marcus Saul is so good defensively, he's Jared Jackson's learning so much from him, and the two of them down low for Memphis is the reason why they're doing so they're well. So if anything, the draft went the way it should have, I think, for Memphis. Mm. Like they, they got the right yeah. piece there. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 the redraft just kind of screws them over, I guess, in this sense. Alrighty. You got the Mavericks, Greg. Who are they taking? Now look, uh let me first say that although Trey Young isn't like at the level that some of these other guys are, I still think He's a, like see him in the You're game. You're taking last night. Trey Young. I'm not. Have, okay, good. I'm, I'm not. I'm being even more ridiculous. I'm I know he's taking Jay Gilders Alexander. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Of course he is. Yeah. Right. Like I like he. Like, he was totally undervalued, man. Totally undervalued. Uh, I I think you know. So that's just like a big fuck you, Dennis Smith Jr. We're trading you tomorrow. Well, like. I just think that if you're looking at it from a talent perspective, he should be drafted there. So not necessarily looking at it from like what the what the team needs or whatever, right? More just like this is I think that the next best player in this draft class. So I'm not really looking at it from the team perspective. I just think that he was drafted too too low and he's played so good. I think he's by far the best point guard of this draft. I think when you're looking at this draft five years down the road, I think people are going to be going, holy fucking shit, in the same way that Don Mitchell won 13. How did Shea yeah. Gillis Alexander drop to 11 or 12? I can't he, remember he's a 6-6 six, six point guard. Yeah, that's what you I'm saying. You can't, like, you can't teach that. Yeah. Well, Duran was raving about his mid-range game as well. You know, yeah, there's yeah. so many facets to the way he plays defensively, offensively. He, he he's a perfect package as a point guard when coming into the league. You know what and I mean? The thing he's, is, he's really good at what he does. So he's not the greatest three-point shooter, even though he is shooting uh, 37.9%. Not to say he's not the greatest, but he's not a high-volume shooter. You know? Yeah. Well, that wasn't and, his and mo coming into the league, and I think treating think 37% coming in the league is that. pretty pretty oh, relatively really decent. That's really good. Um, all right, moving down to number six, the Orlando Magic. I got to take Trey Young, second best yeah. point guard in the draft. Yeah. Not a big Colin Sexton guy, personally. Uh, Orlando has been drafting hypothetical big guys for years. Uh, <laughs> they, they need a they need a score and they need a point guard. Uh, Trey Young fits that mold. Uh, regardless of 
of how you feel about him this season, he's a guy that, regardless of who he becomes, the Magic have to take him at number six. He has such a high ceiling, too. Like, you saw him against the Raptors last if night. those shots go in, otherwise they're circus shots, though. Some of them are, some of those shots are, like, you're shooting it from the fucking Raptors symbol. Javon, like, he, where's the discipline in that? Last night he was good. No, I know, I know he, he played good, but some of, like I said, some of the shots that he took, like if this was ten years ago, and like that's a rookie taking those kinds there was of a shots, couple of shots, right? but like, for the like, most part he was efficient last. Like I, yeah. again, no, he played really good. He got by Lowry all the time. He like, he's a he's a real talent. That kid. All right, uh, Javon, Chicago Bulls. Who you got, buddy? Uh, is Colin Sexton off the board yet? No. Yeah, he's, they should. he's good too. Yeah. Oh my God, no, he isn't. He's good. Ugh. Monte Ellis 2.0. Hard pass on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched that guy play? Yeah, no. I, like, yeah, I mean, you're right. Nah. He's but right. just in terms of talent, I think that he has probably the the, the most upside of the guys remaining. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he's got a good motor to him, and you know, a good like uh, competitiveness to him. Yeah. So. That's Our my pick. Sick. I got Kevin Knox. Had a boy. I am taking him next. He has done an outstanding. Man. To the Cavs. How's he fit in the Cavs? Who cares? The Cavs just need to, like I said, like, if anything, the Cavs right now, well, they have, I guess it's hard to say how he'd fit in if Sexton wasn't there because they're really building around Sexton and like Larry Nance Jr. because uh, he's only 23, I guess. And they're trying to get rid of their veterans. Like, they got to get rid of Tristan Thompson and. Yeah. Whenever Kevin Love's contract is healthy, they got to get rid of them. And they're pieces that teams actually wouldn't mind and just get young, young, young. So I think Kevin Knox is just one of those talents uh, who's been doing really well and not the same as like, I guess, almost similar to Shea Gil- Gilders Alexander, I guess, in a way, in the sense that he's been um, sort of underlooked. Uh, not a lot of people have paid attention to him and he's been doing really well in New York. Um, Alrighty, moving down the list, who is going to the New York Knicks, Greg? Look, and again, uh, I don't even know if this fits within the rules, but I'm just doing this to get a quick shout out to this player. Uh, can I say Chris Boucher? No. Wait, is he nope. a <laughs> no, no, Did he play last year? Well, he yeah, was he undrafted, first of all. So He was at Golden State last year. Okay, so I would just yeah. like to use that hard... if I could. Has anybody even seen what this guy's been doing, man? He what? He... Coming in late game, hitting threes, hitting blocking shots. Like, he's good. He's an example of what Joe Vaughn's talking about, these, these guys that come to the game late. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it's remarkable to me how fast he's been able to wait, play wait, wait, wait. You're going to Chris Boucher at number nine? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Yo, I, I'm telling you, like th- th- this guy could be a, a, a Text, real rotation player Textbook Knicks draft pick. <laughs> he'd, be, he'd look great with Frank Natalikina. You know what I mean? That'd be the very... Uh, <laughs> Shameless Boucher plug. I'm sorry. I love him. Uh, going down to number 10, that is me. And I'm also going to go off the board a bit. And I'm going to draft Kevin Herter, currently playing for the Atlanta Hawks. Um, I like him more than Mikhail Bridges. I think he can develop into Clay Thompson light, shooting 38% from the three right now. Um, I think the league just needs spacing, three-point shooting, a 3 and D guy. That's Kevin Herter. I think he's a better defensive player than Bridges. Um, and I think it's a perfect complimentary piece to go to the Phoenix Suns that they draft Luka Doncic. Just a really good lockdown three-point shooter. Beautiful. Uh, going down to number 11, Charlotte Hornets. Javon? I don't know if you guys have heard of this guy. Oh, but for I was fuck's sake! Research. <laughs> I was just doing some research, and uh, if you I'm, if I'm, you say Sviatoslav Michalik, I'm gonna fucking lose my <laughs> mind right now. No, I'm kidding. So I know we're not too fond of the name Landry because uh, of that Landry Fields character that the Raptors had Shemot. a few years back. I like Landry Shamat. Yeah, what, Landry Shamat. Shamat was it Shamat or Shamat? Six, another like six foot five point guard as well yeah. from college. Six foot five guys. Percentage are pretty good. Four thirty five overall. Four hundred from three. I mean, if you're able to hit the shot in the NBA, you're a valuable piece. 
and uh, he's doing it as a rookie. So I would take this guy. You think? Sh- you, oh, it's 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 interesting because you're right. Like I also like Miles Bridges, a pick they actually took. Shamat could be the good complimentary piece to Kemba Walker in the backcourt, but they can't. Like you, you would think they want to take like Mo Bamba or Wendell Carter Jr. here, but they have so many like mm-hmm. just like high draft pick bigs who just flamed out, like Frank Kaminsky and Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo, etc., etc., etc. Getting yeah. getting a comp, like a nice shooting guard would be nice. Um, yeah, they definitely shouldn't try and draft any bigs. Just trade for them and. Get the get get the guards. Clippers. I feel like you're not gonna say the name that probably makes most sense because nope. you're a, 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 a bitter bitter man. Uh, tell tell, tell me, hateful man. Says the Bagley hater. The Bagley. No, I'm not going with Wendell. You're going Carter Moritz Jr. Wagner. And she, no, I'm gonna German. go. No, <laughs> Robert Williams, a time time lord. <laughs> Robert Williams. You've been watching the Nets games as of late, haven't oh, you? Yeah, you're a big Nets fan. Are you going to Zana Musa? Are you gonna go with uh, what's his name again? Kukis. Yeah, Karukis. Karukis. That's it. Yeah. Dude, last three games, 17.7 points, 8.3 rebounds, 1.3 steal, and a block. We'll see 35 plus minutes. Shooting 50 freaking 4% from the field. 55% on threes. Can we just stop one second and just respect the fucking Brooklyn Nets? They haven't had a first no. round pick in three years. Yes, for They're sure. currently sitting in seventh in the Eastern Conference. Absolutely. I've been hyping them up the entire time I've been doing this podcast. Has to put together a full season before. It's I not about DeAndre Russell. Him. It's not about him at all. Yeah, he's like the There's nothing to do with DeAndre like Russell. He's, five or he's, six. he's the main that has, dog in that. No, it doesn't. No, it isn't. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's built around him. No, he's not. No, it's not. Who's the main guy there? It's Karis LeVert, Rondé Hollis, Shepherdson, and Jared Allen. Okay. Huh? Yeah, but he's the main guy there. Jefferson is not the main guy. I think the I think Jared the, Allen is a more important piece of that team than D'Angelo Russell. I, I think like of the, a I fact like that throw. you for the like last that, three bro. years, this team <laughs> this team has not had a first round pick in three fucking years, and they have somehow managed to put together a yeah. competent ro- organization based on drafting not, smartly yes. in the first round, do they make retaining the assets. Yes, they do. Nin- if they don't, then the season is a waste because they should be tanking still. No. Don't they have their pick now? It just they sucks do. that Levert. So now they should be losing. That's fine. <laughs> it's they're they're going to hit They're gonna hit again because they're going to get a great that pick. someone like Levert gets injured. I don't though, trust them yet. Mid-season. I don't trust them yet. No, of course. They're still developing. They're seventh in the Eastern Conference. They haven't had a yes. first pick in three years, and they're missing their best player. I love this organization. I love the direction they're going. And in my opinion, they're, you're looking at another contender in the Eastern Conference. That's above not, with the Toronto Raptors, Boston Celtics, 76ers, for and Bucks. Things like that. that is fake news. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll see what happens in a hey, couple years, Greg. This. I'll give you that. You've been on this for a while. I've been on this island for three fucking years, and I am not getting off this island. Just put it this way. and I'd say 90% of the moves they've made since that awful trade for the Kevin Durant and all that stuff have been good. So yeah. you, you, that you can't that criticize. That doesn't mean that they're on the road. To, okay, they, they do yeah, have a contract space. Put it this way. It's like when the Raptors all of a sudden lost Vince Carter. How long did it take us to come out of that? A, a decade? decade. <laughs> Look, how long has it taken decades, Brooklyn? Right? Uh, half a decade? That, that's yeah. much, by retaining that's bad salaries. Be- they've they've also better. got two first round picks from this and five second rounders. Okay, that is masterful work from a front office. Sean Marks from the San Antonio Spurs and Chucky Atkinson, their head coach, have done a phenomenal job of getting something from that team. Yeah, squeezing the and last. They're in a big. They're in a big market, so they or they might be able to actually get a free agent to go there. Maybe Jimmy Butler will go there. Who would have thought my pick of No, Lucas Jimmy, he's going to ruin the would team. Have started this. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. We'll be back next week, hopefully. Yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll do the Eastern Conference for you. Um, hope you guys have a fantastic week. Any last uh, points there, bud? Go Raptors, go. Go Raptors, go. All right, guys, I hope you have a good week. Uh, you can catch us on uh, ooh, iTunes. SoundCloud. Stitcher. SoundCloud, Stitcher. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Spotify then, soon. Ooh. Carter comes up shooting. Got it.